Folks, this is your captain speaking. We're just preparing the craft for departure and undergoing some last-moment pre-flight checks. But once underway, we'll be flying at about 6,000 miles per hour at an altitude of 300 feet as we depart the BFE non-stop towards our destination of... And welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does, I think, what it says on the tin. It's best film ever, and we are here for Cleared for Takeoff. So you may notice that I am not Ian. <laughs> Your host today is me, Ellie, and in our guest spot we have... It's Ian! Hey! <laughs> hey! That was, that was surreal, hearing my own thing... <laughs> back at me uh, it's really tempting i can see why it's so catchy you just want to join in on that i do there's a musicality in it which i definitely appreciate oh good i think that means i did okay and we can uh, we can continue so <laughs> in our in our episode today of cleared for takeoff we are going to be looking at series one episode one of killing eve so the pilot episode and the premise for cleared for takeoff is that we we look at a tv pilot with someone who has seen the whole of the series before and someone who is completely new to it so in this case i have seen all of killing eve the first three series of it anyway and uh ian i don't think you have ever watched any of it no so that puts you in the captain's chair today and i am in the jump seat i have never seen this before <laughs> uh it's something I, i've heard a lot about but but no i've, I've i'm completely yeah. i watched it last night and it's completely new to me excellent that's exciting so um yeah killing eve has had a lot of cr- critical acclaim over the years i think and um definitely a fresh take at something so we'll uh, have a little look into that in more detail but Obviously, listeners who are familiar with the show will get to see Ian's first reaction. And this is if the fir- you've never first time it. we've done it like that. I've, I've not been. Mm. I've been in the other chair for all the first, was it four? I think we've done four so far. And I've never seen yeah. clearly as the expert on the other four. It's, it's, it's quite unnerving being on this side. <laughs> yeah. And often you've seen the films that we do as well. So it's not <laughs> quite unusual for you to have something brand new. Without being, yeah, it, it, sometimes if I haven't seen it, none of us have seen it. And that's that's been all right. But it's very rare that someone's clearly the expert and I know nothing. And so maybe some people out there are going, there's a lot of times you don't know anything, man. But no, <laughs> as far as like literally have not seen it before. So, I mean, I only knew bits and pieces even of it. Uh, I just knew, I don't know if there's a part coming up where we talk about sort of early expectations, but um, I I just knew it's it's Sandra O oh was showing up on, on, on the BBC and I'm going, what? I don't, this is, <laughs> this is kind of surreal. And I, I love Sandra O, oh, but we'll, I'm sure there'll be a time where we'll talk yeah. about Sandra O. Oh. Oh, there certainly will be. Excellent. And we've we've actually the two of us talked about Sandra on a podcast before. Well, we did. Yeah, we declared for takeoff, and you decided not to. And I've become an absolute addict ever since. And I've got a couple of people who have gotten (laughs) contact with me saying since they've heard that they've become addicts of Grey's Anatomy. So if nothing else, we serve the greater Mm -hmm. good. But I remember a big part of what you liked about the Grey's pilot, even though you decided you weren't gonna. You were, I think we likened him to a blind date and said, so, you know, he's, he's a nice guy, but he's just, he's just not someone I want to go on a second date with. Um, was, was, you did <laughs> mention... someone like him before. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you <laughs> did, did mention how much of a fan you were of Sandra Oh. Uh, something that so I'm did. just really appreciating, I think, now in the later seasons. I, uh, I, I don't, she's Canadian. I'm probably supposed to like her. Maybe I needed to mature a bit before I understood um, Sandra Oh's appeal. Yeah, well, we'll we'll get some critics' reviews at the end of the episode, but um, there's certainly a lot to be said about um, Sandro's performance and a 
a bit of a different take on her in Killing Eve. So it's very exciting. So anybody who is in the same boat as Ian, or perhaps the same plane, I should say, um, and hasn't seen Killing Eve before, you will be able to watch it for the first time as well. And perhaps join Ian in deciding whether or not this is a show that you would like to continue with. And please do let us know on our socials. So you can do that on Best Film Ever Pod on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Yep. It's all the same. That's right, isn't it? Yep. It is. Lovely. (laughs) And um, yeah, we'd love to know what you think as well. So if we jump in then, um, the series synopsis of Killing Eve, um, it's a British cat and mouse thriller which follows Eve Palastri, a British intelligence, intelligence investigator tasked with capturing psychopathic assassin Villanelle. As the chase progresses, the two develop a mutual obsession. So okay. a little bit of intrigue there. A little bit, little, little bit of sp- not spoil- well, a little bit of spoilery spoilers there. Uh, about Because obviously the, the, the framing of episode one doesn't just gets us about halfway there. Yeah. But I mean, I, I think it's clearly well, where we, 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 you, you could see it going. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting, actually, as the series progresses, they don't actually spend a huge amount of screen time together okay so um you wouldn't want them to no no and it's very exciting or i think it's very exciting i I think i think it does that i think there's those moments where uh i mean you can think about other series like game of thrones or um just other series where you've been following characters on disparate storylines elsewhere and when you put them in the same space when you know when 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 daenerys and Jon snow ended up in the same place or when it's always daenerys or when daenerys and uh, Tyrion ended up in like season five oh my god they're together but even in the first series when you've got um cersei and jamie and um in king's landing and and uh the starks and winterfell it takes a little while to i know some of them some of them cross over, but it takes a while to get them all together. So. Yeah, yeah. So, so th- those th- those are powerful when you sort of build to it, and yeah. So, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, definitely. So, um, as we have already established in Clit for Takeoff, a pilot episode has to do three things. So, the first one is to establish the characters. The second one is to establish a mood, and the third one is to give you a reason to come back. So, we'll have a little chat about that as we go through as to whether you think it's done all of those things and you're smirking at me because you're struggling really hard to not, no, not introduce this yourself. I no, think. It is just so weird to be on this side of it. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing a fine job. I'm just sitting here going, this is so bizarre. <laughs> Surreal. Yep. <laughs> so um, for some pre-flight checks, I'm going to give you a little bit of context to Killing Eve. So it was produced in the UK by Sid Gentle Films for BBC America and BBC iPlayer. So this one was actually released in the US before it was released in the UK, despite hmm. being a, a British made um, series. So um, the first episode, Nice Face, premiered in April 2018 in the US and September 2018 in the UK. Um, and was actually renewed for a second series before the um, first series had aired. A, sa- um, a safe bet, I would think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's based on a novel series um, called Villanelle by Luke Jennings. And Villanelle is the the name of um, Jodie Comer's character. Um, I don't know how much that is said, if at all, in the first episode, actually. Oh, I don't, I don't really remember, but there wasn't... There wasn't a whole lot where she was wasn't by herself. There were a couple of no. meetups with a character, and I'm sure we'll, we'll we'll go through that. I don't I don't think it was brought up. Yeah, well, for um for sake of easing any confusion, the uh, the psychopathic one is is called Villanelle. So, um, each series of Killing Eve is led by a different female head writer. Um, so it's 
it's always changing. And the first series is written by Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who I know that, Ian, you are also a fan of. Yeah, and if I could say, her fingerprints are all over this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we've, we've both watched Fleabag um, in the past, which is, is one of her other works, which she also stars in. Fleabag is great. If you haven't seen this, go, go, go seek Fleabag out. It's fantastic. Yeah. I think we need to do a cleared for takeoff on that as well, but obviously we, we, neither of us can be... We can't both do it because we've both seen it all. We got to find someone who hasn't seen it before. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But it's excellent stuff. Um, So, yeah, there's a lot of Phoebe Waller-Bridge's comedy um, shining through, even just in the first episode, I think. Yeah, very Um, much Even even just in the first minute, actually. Um, And uh, I I certainly really appreciate her anyway. Uh, I I think she's an absolute treasure. I will say uh, pretty much she's on that list of whatever she creates, whatever she's got her creative touch on, I will seek out. Absolutely. Um, So Phoebe Waller-Bridge had originally considered casting herself in one of the two leads in this, um, but then she decided not to because she wanted a bigger age gap between the characters. At the end, can we play the game of which one do you think she'd be better for? Sure. Let's talk about that at the end. Let's do that. Um, Do you want to play a little mini age game just now? How old do you think Sandra Oh and Jodie Comer were in this? See, Sandra Oh, I will admit I looked this up recently only because I was watching Grey's Anatomy and I was going... She's got. I was kind of referring to my head, but just because she and the actress Alan Pompeo, who plays Meredith, it seems like there's no disrespect intended. It seems like Meredith is aging. It seems like Sandra Oh is not. So I think Sandra Oh currently, when she did it, so it's only a couple of years ago. So was is this 2018? 2018. Yeah. Okay, I will go with 46. She was 47. Yeah, I kind of had not. I know she's right around 50 right now. So. um yeah, yeah um, looks amazing. Looks amazing. Jeez, we should all be so lucky to look to look Absolutely. half as good. Like well, at one point, I'm looking at her, going, "She might be looking like she's in her 30s. Like she's got a decade yeah. on that." <laughs> yeah, definitely. And for a moment, like, if you had her hanging out with a bunch of tw- late 20, early 30 somethings in a show, I wouldn't even question it. Aside no, of the fact that she's good. been on my TV for for almost two decades now, I wouldn't question it at all. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um, how old do you think Jodie Comer is in this? Oh, I think I think you've given me a bit of a, a tip with that sort of statement. But I will go with what she looks. I'll say she looks about twenty-seven. Yeah, she's twenty-five. Oh, okay. She, when she starts this, so again, pretty close. Pretty close. Um, so Sandra Oh and Jodie Comer have both won multiple Best Actress awards for Killing oh. Eve. Oh, for Killing Eve. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, for yeah for this. So they've done really, really well. And uh, Fiona Shaw, who plays Caroline Martins, um, has also won an award for Best Supporting Actress. And um, so it's picked up a lot of awards and things like for writing as well. Is she the woman who shows up at the end? Uh, she's in it at the start as well. Yeah, but she, she's her BMI, role... The MI6 yeah, she's the she's the head of the Russian desk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she was very good. I know I've seen her in something before. Yeah, I've seen her in other things as well, but I'm not sure okay what but i think she's i think she's quite an established british actress i think she's irish actually um but yeah so um sandra oh is the first asian actress to be nominated for a best lead actress in a drama emmy award um and when she was first given the script for killing eve she didn't know which role that they wanted her to play because she was expecting to be a secondary character like a receptionist um because asian women don't normally get given the leads in tv dramas I hear you, but this is Sandra Oh. This is Dr. Christina Yang. She has been on ABC television. If anything, she is a huge part of your, like, if it's a plan was to launch this on BBC America, which doesn't get a huge amount of viewership. 
Um, and if the goal is to make this a cross pond thing, I mean, she's your, if anybody in the States knows about the show, it's because they know who Sandra O oh is. Yeah. So it's but really surprising not, that she's, she's being so lead, humble about though, it. Is she? Is she not? In, in this she is. Yeah. But oh. in other shows she's been in, she's a secondary I mean, character. Grey's Anatomy. So. She's secondary in the sense that she's not Meredith. <laughs> like you could easily yeah. argue that she's just as important to that show and has just as big of a role in that show as Patrick Dempsey does. Okay. It's it's hard well, because it's hard because you've just seen the first. Episode, episode. I'm sorry, I'm speaking. <laughs> yeah, but over, over the series run, like I have, I made it to season. I don't know, on season eleven, I think right now. But but through the first decade of the show, she's just as important. So it's like she's a big. Like that would be the hard part for for I think North American viewers would be distancing herself from Dr. Christina Yang. Yeah. So okay. just really interesting. Maybe maybe she's not coming to the BBC. It might be it might be different. Yeah. Maybe, but um, certainly if she wasn't in confident that confident in her abilities or her how's not her abilities? Perhaps that's not right, but her likelihood of being cast. Um, Phoebe Waller Bridge was certainly confident, and she wrote to Sandra O's agent because Sandra O wasn't available initially, and she said Eve couldn't be played by anyone else. Well, there you go. It sounds. I mean, I, I've only seen the one episode, but I'd be inclined to probably agree with you on that one. Yeah, she's fab. Um, when it came to Villanelle, over 100 actors were considered for the role. Um, and they said, we didn't want Villanelle to be like Nikita or the girl with the dragon tattoo, that male mm-hmm. fantasy version of what a woman who'd come to the come for them might look like. We wanted her to be able to disappear in a crowd, which I think is a really interesting statement because Jodie Comer is beautiful, but actually she can disappear in a crowd really well as well. Yeah, yeah, I think she had... I mean, we saw a touch of it, and I would imagine the series would continue with it, but she has the ability to be very chameleon-esque, and she can be the edgy girl in one scene and then look like, um, through some of the other costumes she wears throughout, she can look actually quite um, domestic, and so therefore could actually yeah. be un, undetectable. The kind of person yeah, she who... She undercover really well, like when she's in the nurse's uniform. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see, I didn't even, I didn't even notice it. Wait, did I? No, I did. I did. When, she, sorry, I know this is the scene in the in, in the bathroom. I'm sorry. Yes, yes, I did yeah. notice it. Yeah. yeah, but she. But you wouldn't necessarily notice if you walked into a. Well, maybe if you walked into a men's bathroom. If I walked into a women's bathroom, yep. you know, with lots of other people in there, I might not notice that that was Jodie Comer in front of me. No, you just have a moment, and then it's that thing. I think they say it in Ocean's Eleven, where they they're, they're, they're coaching Matt Damon's character, and they say you need to be um, believable, but then instantly forgettable. And that's kind of what this is supposed to be here. Yeah, exactly. And um, we'll just say as well, you mentioned about the costuming. That gets so much more extravagant throughout the series. There's, there's some incredible fashion choices okay. in Killing Eve. And um, I think the first episode doesn't quite show that off to its full heights. But if, if you like fashion, then Killing Eve is definitely <laughs> one for you. Not you specifically. That one's not going to hit me now. That was the audience generally. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I could, I could, I could understand that. Yeah. Um, but um, to be fair, even if you don't, it's, it's pretty spectacular. Yep. Um, but yeah, and another fun fact is that Villanelle is also an Italian poetic form. Um, this mo- this one might appeal to you a little bit more, Ian. Um, and uh, Gia Yolantino from the New Yorker likened the whole series that to the poet po- likened the whole series to the poetic form. Because the show is about the in, the iteration of a recognizable pattern, its pleasures emerging in the internal twists. Okay, Which was quite I've nice. never it's heard amazing. of it. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, it's just a, a poetic form I'm not familiar with. But now I probably will do a little bit of research to see what exactly. I look at a couple of examples of it. 
Um, Interesting. Perhaps perhaps it's usually used with Italian language. Yeah, it's probably actually quite quite probable. So it might not quite work in translation. No. But anyway thought that was an interesting fact. Um, so Killing Eve was originally planned for three series, but is now uh, turning into a four series um, show. And the final um, final season is set to premiere in 2022. Okay, so like I said, we'll go four, but this is it. Yeah. Okay, so that's, that's all. It, it's important to get out when you... Th- I mean, the shows, North American TV is full of it. Shows that didn't realize when the right time to leave was. It's good to see they have an exit strategy. Um, yeah. Much like the characters do. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we'll crack on with the episode then. Hi. So, as I said, this one is called Nice Face. And all of the episodes in Killing Eve are named after something that's said in, in the episode. Okay. Um, so this is the bit where Villanelle looks at the photo of uh, of the old Italian oh, man. Oh, that's right. Yes, she does. Yeah. So we start the episode with Jodie Comer eating ice cream in a cafe. And so is a little girl sat at a, at a table opposite. And they're just sort of staring at each other. And then um, Villanelle smiles. And the little girl is sort of not really smiling back. And then she does. And then she's smiling with the um, the waiter as well. It, yeah, it seems that she gives a bigger smile to the waiter, and yeah. Villanelle's kind of not really feeling that. So I thought there was be something creepy about the about the ice cream man. I didn't quite figure it out necessarily whose moral allegiances were where. Um, also, the, I mean, something I picked up a little bit on this is that Villanelle might be a bit of a misandrist. I don't know if that, mm. if that picks up throughout, but it seemed to be very much there's a male-female divide in her um, in her perspective. I could be completely wrong on that, but it's something I picked up early. Mm. I'm just trying to think on that one. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say she particularly discriminates, but... Okay, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, there are, there are some female deaths um, oh the, but, uh, the, the, there was female death even in, even in this episode so yeah oh yeah of course there was yeah but um yeah i think well we, we get more of her backstory obviously as the as the series and multiple series go on so you get to learn a bit, little bit more about her motivations perhaps um so when when she's had this little smiling match she looks down at her watch and you can see um there's a little speck of blood on the watch as well that was really well done. That. No, it was really yeah. well done. No, no. I uh, looked down. There's a bit of blood. It just casually wipes it away. And it's just enough to the viewer to go, oh, I mean, I mean, obviously the title suggested a number of things and yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, this was, uh, this was a really nice touch, I thought. Yeah. And then she just sort of um, stands up, picks up all her stuff. She pays the waiter and she walks past the table with the little girl and just knocks her ice cream into her chest. Um, and just it goes all over her and then she just leaves <laughs> yeah i like this it sort of um subverted our expectations with the smiling match we thought maybe she'd have a nice little moment to give her a smile or a, but just this almost petty jealous fine i'm gonna ruin this for you yeah it was it was definitely a nice touch yeah i really love this as a character introduction i think they they've established so well and, and so comedically in the first couple of minutes that this woman is a psychopath and uh yeah I think if, we, if we're looking at the idea of establishing the characters in a pilot, then um, I think this scene certainly does that quite quickly. It's a, it's a good starting point. Anyway, that's for sure. Yeah. So then we cut to Eve, and Eve is screaming and screaming and screaming. 
So she seems to be having a nightmare and her husband, Nico, tries to calm her down. And then it turns out she just fell asleep on both of her arms. Yeah, this felt very Phoebe Waller-Bridge type it of did, humor. didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I kind of sat there and went, this could have been in Fleabag. Yeah. Yeah. But to be fair, I was laughing out loud very much at this scene. Yeah, it was such a weird juxtaposition for me of we talked about the meeting early of of two characters in the same and you're like, Whoa, I mean this felt like it was the the dramatic skills of Sandra O, oh, who I'm a fan of, and then I could feel the writing of Phoebe Waller Bridge and I'm just going, This is like the world's craziest mashup. I don't I'm I'm just trying <laughs> to find my bearings going, Okay, this is obviously very because I'm used to hearing like a couple times in Grey's Anatomy, Sandra O oh gets to let loose an act. And this felt like it was her with some deep, disturbed kind of secret or some dream that was haunting her. And I was getting the serious act. I was expecting, okay, BBC, here comes Sandra O's legit acting chops. And then to actually go down this direction, I thought was, was again, another great subversion of my expectations. Yeah, definitely. So we learned that she's then, she's hungover because she went to karaoke last night (laughs) and, um, she says, at least we have the whole weekend to rip. And then we cut and she's in work on Saturday that was at MI5. That was such a clever cut. And again, yeah. very, it felt very fee- Fleabag, very Phoebe Waller-Bridge. She's, that's a series that always mm-hmm. knew where the humor was in the editing process. And Definitely. I'm just here going, you know, her fingerprints are all over it. It doesn't feel like it's a retread, though. So I'm, I, I want to make sure I establish that. Although it has all very these, different to Fleabag, although it has all these <laughs> fingerprints. I'm not going, oh, she's playing the greatest hits. Far, far from it. It's just yeah. it's saying someone's just a genius at knowing where to get out of a scene and where to pick the next one up. And clearly it was written and filmed with that in mind yeah that's exactly it, it. we didn't need to go through a lazy bit with the phone ring she goes oh really no no just cut and, and we go oh, you got called in and you're hung oh this is gonna suck mm-hmm. so then we get a nice big chiron across the screen of mi5 and um this is something i've noticed has picked up a lot more in the later seasons of of killing eve i can't remember how much it's in the first one um, but definitely big, bold graphics. I'll tell you what, about there was one at, and things. There was one at the start with Vienna, and this felt like, uh, uh, for me, I, I call this a Captain America Civil War Chiron because they were like giant full screen, take up the whole, back in the day, it used to just be like a little bit of text in the bottom left of the bottom yeah. right-hand corner. And Captain America Civil War is the first time I remember it being like, here's the whole screen, boom, Cleveland, or whatever, boom, Vienna. <laughs> and I kind of, it's kind of stylistic of its time, but uh, I, 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 I I did enjoy it, especially with a series like this that you feel is going to jump around Europe a lot. I felt this was beneficial for me going, okay, it's clear where I'm at now. Great. Definitely. So um, we go into the meeting and Eve is a bit late and wanting a croissant. And then um, a we find out that a Russian sex trafficking politician has been murdered in Vienna. And uh, all Eve can think about is, is her croissant. Um, so... This is our first introduction to Caroline Martins, Fiona Shaw. Um, so she's from MI6, as you say, the Russian desk. I'll admit, um, I've looked this up now. And it was who I thought it was, but I didn't want to commit to it. This is Mrs. Dursley from Harry Potter. <gasps> yeah. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> I had to look it up, but I'm like, I'm sure oh I'm sure that's that's uh, that, that's Harry's aunt, who's like the terrible mum. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you looked that up because if you hadn't, I'd be like, you I'm sure? like, I'm like, I know, I, I'm like, I know I've seen her and stuff because I was like, I think it's Harry Potter. 
I'm pretty sure. Which one? I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's the ant. But because this is so tonally different, um, well done her. She's got some acting chops. As well. yeah, like, oh, she, <laughs> she literally couldn't be any more different in this to how she is in Harry Potter. And if I may, um, who's the name of the administrative assistant receptionist, the one who gets the croissant? Elena, I think. I really like that dynamic that she's got that uh, Eve has with 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 Elena. It was yeah. It was fun. It was bantery. It was here's your gal pal. Here's the one who's going to get the straight sort of goods. Who's going to be your confidant when you get into trouble? Da 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 da. I'm hoping she doesn't go anywhere after episode one. I'm hoping she's still part of the show. Okay. There we go. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. I, I'm going to say nothing. <laughs> I think I've just inferred, but that's okay. To be honest, I can't. I can't remember. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> um. So, Eve doesn't know who Caroline Martins is at first, and then um, we also get introduced to Frank, who was the the head of is at this, least their department. Is this MI5. her her like immediate boss? No, that's Bill. Bill is the nice one, and Frank is the dick's one. Oh, okay. Sorry. So, 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 because we get introduced to both of them in this scene. So, the one who was out karaoke yeah. with her before, his yeah, name it was is his birthday. Yes, Bill. It was Bill, and they're and they're both hanging because they've gone out and sang Disney together, which was a great yeah. little again. And you very get that they've got this really nice relationship as well. They Eve do, where like though he's her boss, you know, the, he's, her, he's definitely her friend as well. He's her friend and respects what she does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas Frank's. Frank, on the other hand, does not respect anything that either of them do and just kind of shames them for for being out the night before because he wasn't invited, we learn. Oh, okay, so he's, great. He's a bit bitter. Um, and uh, then we learn about the crime that's taken place. So we've had this um, politician has been murdered and his girlfriend is the only witness. And um, Eve says that it was probably a woman. And uh, she says it under her breath at first and then kind of decides it's important enough to well because it, it out. it's a bet they've made isn't it she bets him 20 20 is it 20 bucks 20 pounds yeah that that it's a woman and he takes the bet and um and sorry what was the name of the woman who runs the russian desk caroline martins caroline uh caroline's quick to go what was that and then at first because the hard part for me is i expected but maybe because of the, the show i expected i didn't pick up quick enough that eve is in a more administrative element of mi5 yeah so she's responsible for kind of keeping people safe when they're in custody and things like that kind of like like in like an organizer like you know scheduling and administrating and da 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 but yeah. clearly she's got her head on profile and she's, she's kind of got a profiler's kind of mind and um definitely <laughs> and it, it's good that K- caroline gives her a chance to sort of speak her mind for a moment when she, when she finally does blurt it out mm-hmm. she comes she comes out with it but yeah yeah um so now we go back to villanelle and she has got blonde hair now rather than i think she had sort of mid dark hair at the start and she's in france and she's speaking french and um jodie coma learned how to speak the languages in this by writing out the words phonetically from a tape recorder and reading them aloud um and she also asked the local crew definitely in um in italy i'm not sure if in france as well um to tap her on the shoulder if she got the language wrong okay so she wasn't kind of fluent in any of these languages before <laughs> now, is she, before filming is she english she is. She is Liverpudlian. Oh, it's really? Yeah. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> and um, 
yeah she's she speaks so many different languages and different accents over the course of of this show it's would i have seen really her in anything else because um, she's well, new know, to me she probably is new to you i know her very well because she was also in dr foster um, oh that was a big hit over here wasn't it, it was, here in the yeah UK. it was another bbc tv show with saran jones it's about um, about an affair of some sort isn't it yeah 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 um so i won't i won't go into it too much because i think it's i think i'll give spoilers away if um if people do want to go and watch that one yeah um she's good in that as well she's not as big a role in that as she well obviously she's a massive role in this um i think that's clear from the pilot um but yeah i would would recommend dr foster as well if anyone's looking for some other tv shows to watch i think it did two seasons um but very very good especially the first one okay um so we get introduced to a little bit more of Lenar's character now. Um, she smirks at the old lady and says, come on, you can do it, as she's walking down the stairs. Um, and it's kind of like she's treating her like a dog. Okay. And then the old lady calls her an asshole. <laughs> and we kind of establish what the relationship is here. And um, Villanelle goes upstairs to her flat. I say flat. It's, it's a very large flat. It's beautiful. And um, she puts her wig away and uh, she says, merci, Lulu. Um, so she's obviously got these different characters that she has for different different wigs and costumes and things. And then she puts on some classical music and she gets gets out of her clothes and into this nice kind of robe thing. And she's playing with her face, looking for wrinkles, says, wow, beautiful. Um, and then she puts white powder all over her face, opens some pills, grabs a bottle of alcohol and then kind of plays dead on the sofa with her eyes open. And then we get the entry of Constantine. Um, who comes in and finds her and says he can see her breathing, so completely isn't buying it, and then she yells and scares him anyway. Yeah. Um, and I love their relationship. Oh, it's so, it was such a, it's such a dark joke to play. Yeah, now, it's ridiculous. I think yeah. this is the second key moment uh, after the ice cream tipping, where you're kind of going, okay, she's ridiculously clever, Um but a little swaggery, a little, a little bored, I think, and therefore exactly, acts out yeah. in these capacities. Yeah, that's a very good summary. Um, def- definitely bored and, <laughs> and likes to do, I suppose she likes adrenaline. She's an adrenaline junkie. And um, yeah, so Constantine has come to ask her about Vienna, which is where she was with the ice cream. And uh, she says, good, quick. And then he gives her a bonus and tells her that they want us to do another job tomorrow in Tuscany. So we get this idea that she's kind of back and forth around the globe. Yep. And, um, and I think this acts as obviously as our, as our confirmation that Sandra Oh is right in the previous scene with her expectation that it's a woman. Oh, yeah. And also that, yeah, because we didn't know that it was her in Vienna, whereas... We just heard Vienna. We've heard yeah. about the kill, and now we're hearing that it was good and quick. And well, Vienna, the, so yeah. the, there was a Chiron at the ice cream shop that said Vienna at the start. Yeah. So we didn't know that much, but this is our confirmation, clearly, that she is the one in the blind spot yeah. of the uh, CCTV. Yeah. So she's been given a postcard, and she goes to her computer and types in some different codes from the postcard and uh, looks up her next kill. And this is where she says, oh, nice face. And so giving the episode its title um we see it's a kind of fairly old man yep and uh, then we're back to eve again and a colleague i think i think her name's elena um we said uh she gives her a coal tablet okay um which they've been talking about earlier on um 
and uh, they haven't yet released the girl from the station, the the witness to the murder. So Eve decides she's going to go and visit, and she tells Bill that she's going to the bathroom because she's not supposed to be actually speaking to witness. She's just, as you say, supposed to be doing the admin type stuff. She puts on her coat and goes to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> so I think he does sort of, he gives her quite a lot of free reign, doesn't it? It's quite obvious she's not going to the bathroom, but... And you, like, mm. you kind of wonder if over the years, you know, at least from my perspective, you know, obviously she's got to be she's got to be worth the hassle. So there's got to be some benefit she's provided because much like I mean, here's your here's your duality, which then clearly is what's going to be established throughout the series is you've got um, Sandra O oh, uh, Eve, who's very good at her job, but is, again, equally bored. Yeah. And is just looking for something to intellectually stimulate her because the current job isn't doing it. And everybody who, um, everybody who, people are holding her down. And it seems like it's literally the, the man is holding her down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so Bill says as well to cough up um, because he's won the bet because the CCTV turned up and it was a bloke, as we later find out was not true. And uh, we get, that there's a difference between thinking it was a woman and wanting it to be a woman. Yeah. And this idea that Eve is more invested in the idea of it than the reality. So then we get Eve in the, I think it's a, a holding type cell for the, for the witness. I don't know whether that would be at a prison or an, an interview room perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and she's trying to get some information from this woman who is very high and very Polish. Um, so she doesn't speak any English. <laughs> and has Polish, a translator. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Does anyone speak heroin Polish? And, um, she doesn't really get much information, but she says something in Polish as she leaves and um, says that she's picked up a couple of phrases from her husband who's Polish. And of and course, then, the, the people who are in, interviewing her are like, wait, wait, you speak Polish? Like, yeah. obviously she's got this <laughs> skill set that, again, that no one seems to know about. Except she doesn't because as she then yeah. has left the interviewer um, and the and the other guy that's there, um, he says to the interviewer, what, what did she just say? She said, Get your ass into bed. <laughs> I think there's something to that. I, I don't think that's her not knowing how to say it. I think the joke, like she's she's strung out well, on heroin and needs to sleep it off. No, it's oh yeah, I guess. And therefore, once you get once you get rested, so we can actually get a meaning, proper. Yeah. We can actually get get, get a proper um, testimony out of you. But for the time being, you're absolutely useless. Yeah. But also just the idea that the only phrases that Eve has picked up in Polish are <laughs> ones that she's learned in the bedroom. <laughs> Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. I hadn't, I hadn't picked up on the sexual nature of it. I was thinking more of like <laughs> that was the only nature I picked up on. Oh, it. see, I was thinking more it's from her husband. I was thinking it was more like her husband speaking to the fact that Eve likes to overdrink and maybe it's get your ass to bed is like you know uh, you're hammered again, sleep it off. But yours is probably much more correct than mine. Is. Yeah, I, I think that is what it is. Yeah, um, and then she goes and meets Nico at the bridge club, um, and she needs to speak to Dom for a minute. And Dom is a teenage. Um, Polish American guy, or Pol- no Polish English? Sorry, yeah. Um, we're not we're not in America. Just Sandra, just <laughs> American. Yeah, uh, Sandra well, Canadian. Canadian if you don't sorry, mind, apologies. Yeah. Um, and we learn that actually Eve has got a lot of information from this interview because she's recorded it and wants a translation from Nico and Dom. And we find out that she's tall, dark, and aladeka, which means flat-chested in Polish street slang type terms and that was the deal was that we needed street slang not uh for, 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 for translation not just purely by the book i've studied the language and know know these words 
I would say this. I mean, if I may, um, from I'm not trying to be rude, but from the the, the sight of Jodie Comer in the uh, dress she wears at the villa, I think that's yeah. an incorrect statement. Unless um, the dress is I very beneficial. You, I think you might have missed the part where she got undressed and took off her um, flattening bra. <sighs> okay yes i did i just see i wouldn't have picked up on that yeah when she gets into her robe before she plays dead i didn't know she takes such... off like a it's, well it's like it looks like a sports bra type thing but it's kind of almost like a panel so it's designed to minimize is it yeah okay yeah. i see that's I, probably the right word yeah minimize i would not have picked up on that it's not something that obviously it's yeah, not something i've ever had to think about well i noticed it and then when she's on the sofa you can actually see her bra so she clearly had a different bra on like a normal one on underneath uh, okay um but this was like an extra but the flattening gr- device. But the great joke is when they ask Dom what it means, and he's going, uh, uh, and he sort of looks at Sandra Oh and goes, you know, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm sure yours are, <laughs> your, yours are lovely. Because Sandra Oh, I'm like, that makes a, lot, a little bit more sense. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Bless her. Like, uh, the, you know, uh, a, a lot of Grey's Anatomy with, with a lot of people getting undressed and going, yeah, that, that sounds pretty accurate. So now mm. what I know about the minimizer, now I know. I'm, I'm in the know. Yep. <laughs> So we learned that the killer was a small-breasted psycho, is the, the summary from Nico. Um, so Eve then calls Elena to ask her to look up the female assassins on the record and <laughs> check how big their breasts are. And um, Elena says, I know you're into assassins, but I refuse to talk about them in this way. That was great. Um, and we get this idea that Eve has a little bit of an unhealthy obsession, perhaps, with uh, well, with assassins. Well, actually, I picked up on something serial that killers. occurred a few times, because when she keeps saying... Like when they describe how the assassin gets away with it in Vienna, she's like, "Oh, that's so." And everyone else is like, "Terrible." She's like, "That's so brilliant." And was like, "What?" I mean, she means, uh, I mean, I mean, yeah. brilliant and and terrible. But she's clearly she's mentally in, in stimulated by this cat and mouse game. So it, it's yeah, and it's not the idea that she wants the people to die. It's just the fact that she admires the how much intelligence. I think yeah, how much thought has gone into this? How how, yeah. how difficult this is to pull off? And they're clearly doing it. Yeah. Um, and then we go back to Villanelle and she's in Tuscany and she climbs up a drain pipe in hot pants <laughs> and gets up onto yep. the roof and then is walking through this fancy house and looks out to a party where her next kill is playing with his grandson. And um, she's looking in the wardrobe and we get this lovely music in the background that's got almost like a heartbeat sound to it, um, which I thought was really clever, really built the anticipation. Um, and then someone comes up the stairs and checks himself out in the mirror. And then we learn that Villanelle's hit herself in a suitcase to to hide from him. So she kind of puts her fingers through the zips and gets out again. So That was just remarkably that impressive. And that's like a single cut yeah. when she lets herself out of the suitcase. Yeah. So I think, again, it's a case of she's super strong. She's super clever. She speaks all these different languages. She's a contortionist. She's, like, she's able to do all of these different things. Thinks very quickly on her feet. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so then the, the grandpa outside has tipped an ice bucket over his grandson because apparently he's just a dick. And, um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I didn't mind this because the little boy like squirts him with a thing. They come here and he dumps the whole, so it was shot for shot, but he does, he does, it's, the thing I, it's, it's a bit of a public embarrassment. I think that's yeah. the more, the more, the more tragic thing. We have thing. to go and get changed. Like, you don't uh, have to go and get changed because someone squirts you with a, I didn't actually see that, but a water gun. Was yeah, it? he squirts him with like a water gun. 
Okay. So yeah, it wasn't um, just calling. Yeah, it's a much different thing if he just calls him over and just dumps the bucket on his yeah, head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, in any case, the grandson has to run inside to get changed, and Villanelle goes up to talk to him, and now she's talking in Italian. <sighs> so the last time we saw her, she was speaking in English. Um, prior to that, it was in French, and now now it's Italian. Um, and just that switch is incredible. And uh, Jodie Comer said that Italian was her favorite language to speak in the show because it's the easiest one to learn. Okay. So we all need to try and uh, learn Italian if we haven't already. She, it's super simple. She is so sweet with this little boy. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Uh, another um, great another great expectation subversion, I suppose. Yeah, because despite being a psychopath, she's actually got some really good people skills in <sighs> lots of ways. She's really able to interact with people. Um, not ne- Not that it's necessarily real, but she's, as you say, it's another skill. But she figures out a way to make the little boy... Um, part of her plan, part of her ruse. Like she gets this gift almost of his little boy who's gotten, you know, something, and he's mad at his grandpa, and he's like, basically plays, oh, we'll play a trick on him, call him up here. Yeah, it's very clever. It's very very clever and very, (laughs) very quick. Although I do have to question. There was the guy on the security level who comes and checks it out and notices that there's like a the, the 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 wardrobe is open and shuts the wardrobe after checking himself out. Um. And then she's allowed to have this whole conversation with with the grandson that goes unchecked. Yeah. Yeah, just 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 me. Actually, I didn't realize he was supposed to be a security guy. I thought it was just a random person. Oh, I took him as being security because she looks she after she gets in the window, she looks around and there's um um there's there's the security downstairs. Oh, okay. Which disappears when we need it to disappear later on before she goes outside um why does she go outside again i'm trying to remember this because she goes outside in the dress does she does she witness the little boy getting drenched maybe that's what happens um i think she maybe just goes to find out some more information information but then if you're walking from outside back in it's a different story than just where were you because you've established you belong there you're a part of the party you come in through the back door if you say hi to someone you've got clearance i was here everyone just assumes Mm. you're a guest okay there we go yeah yeah. I've talked myself out um, of what I thought was, was my was my plot hole. So there we go. <laughs> okay. So um the she gets the little boy, as you say, to call up the grandpa and he says he has a gift for him. Uh. It doesn't specify any more than that. And then she locks the little boy in the bathroom. Well she can't actually she lock him. She doesn't lock him, no. She says she tells the old man that she's locked the little boy in the bathroom. Yeah. But he can't be locked in because he later comes out. Yeah. Um and he says why? And then she just says, This is a beautiful throw. Who made it? And he he tells her this Italian designer. Oh, this is the this is this is the grandfather we're talking about now. Yeah, it, it, uh, she, he said the little boy asks, "Why do I have to hide in here?" And she goes, "Because if you don't, I'll have to kill you too." Yeah, and of <laughs> course he th- he thinks he thinks that 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 of course the um is it Villa Villa Villanelle is um is just being hyperbolic <laughs> but yeah. it's precisely yeah. what she's there to do oh this is it was so darkly funny yep it really is um and then she says would you mind if i close the door and he says are you the gift and she says i have been sent to you yes yeah which isn't a lie nope <laughs> And he says, you're beautiful. And he tries to touch her. And she says, you should really ask before you touch a person. Um, and then he just says, I think my wife has that dress, which is funny because it probably is the wife's dress. Right? Is, yeah. out of the wardrobe. <laughs> um, 
And then as she's um, being all seductive, she goes to take her hair down and pulls out this um, pin, I guess, um, which extends and it's got this poison, I suppose, inside it that she plunges into his eye, I think it is. I think it's probably Um, the center of the forehead maybe but maybe. Uh, it, it was we don't quite see do we it it's turned, not, no it's not we, we don't, not we don't get too graphic we don't get that <laughs> but it very much is the uh kind of like this ice pick by the time it's done mm. um and we do linger on his reaction when we're, we're, we're not allowed to see the 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 hairpin in in the head but we do we do get to see his reaction for a bit including when she goes and finds a pen and writes on her hand liliana rosari <laughs> And, um, the name of the designer of the silk throw. Well, I I was looking at it going, what does that mean? Yeah, and, I was um, going. It became clear later on. And oh, I was, oh, that's amazing. Well, I, I, I picked up that it was the designer he mentioned yeah. and then uh, was thought it was cute until the ultimate payoff. And I thought it was brilliant. Mm, yeah. Um, so we get a close up on Villanelle's face and she's got tears in her eyes at this point. Um, and then she smiles. So it's kind of this weird juxtaposition. And the song that's going on in the background is, I had to kill you. I'm really sorry. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well done. Um, and then uh, she's cleared off and the grandson runs out of the bathroom and finds his dead grandpa on the floor. Um, oh, yeah. Which, I mean, it's, it's a good thing they weren't sleeping together. <laughs> like, what was the yeah. grandfather thinking? He's locked? Okay, great. He can hear the this? room right next door, yeah. He can hear, oh, it's be really quiet? I don't know what the thought was here. This was, yeah. Oh, uh, but the, the fact that he's allowed, to, and he, at this point, of course, he's a kid, so he's forgiven his grandpa. As mad as he was a minute ago, now he's mm. just like, I want to see my grandpa. I have a surprise for you, and then uh, it turns out, no, grandpa's got a surprise for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway. I wonder if any of the party um, guests thought he got mad and stabbed his grandpa in the head. Oh, no, I hope not. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, it gets. we do know that it gets to MI5, don't we? So, it does, um, yeah, yeah. They, they can't be too, uh, cons- you know, too convinced. They can't be too convinced it was the kid. No. Um, <laughs> so then we go to back to Eve, and she is stabbing herself in the thigh <laughs> while she admires the work of a crime sk- crime scene. Well, it's the um, idea that she's kind of trying to locate the femoral artery and kind of question if she's got the nerve to yeah. kind of. It, this was this was this was strange. I'd forgotten about yep. this. Yep. Yeah, it's it's pretty dark. Um, and again, it's just this idea of her obsession with that side of things, really. Um, but Nico comes in and she kind of quickly covers covers herself so he can't see what she's been doing, and um, she asks him, "How would you kill me if you could?" And um, yeah. he get, I can't remember what he says, but it's some really basic answer. Like, I don't know, I'd strangle you and chuck you downstairs or something. Yeah. Um, and she's like, that's pathetic. Um, and then tells him, I'd paralyze you, chop you up into small bits, put you in a blender, then take you to work in a flask and flush you down the restaurant toilet. Surely it would be several flasks. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Just all the same flask, but over several days, perhaps. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> and he's like, you really thought about this, haven't you? Uh, um, and yet he's not he's not disturbed because she kind of goes do you find it sexy it was very sexy I really like the relationship between these two mm. and if I may yeah. I don't know how you felt about it but it, it felt very reminiscent to me of uh, Fargo 
with the relationship between <laughs> the, sh- uh, the, the, the the sheriff and her and her husband, where he was very much in I a supporting. I kind of know what you mean. He was but very I much disagree more. Oh, really? Because he was very much <laughs> yeah. in a supporting role. No, the, their lives are much more interesting. But I mean, the, the dynamic yeah. between them. He supports. He cuts up with all her crazy kind of out there thing. He's he's the one who grounds her. I would imagine. Uh, yeah, and uh, we kind of we get more of that in the next bit of the scene, don't we? Because then they're in bed, and she says, "Do you want to have sex?" And he's like, "Sure." And then. She goes, you know, someone's lying about the CCTV. <laughs> because she's cottoned on this. here that the CCTV, the reveal of, oh, there really is CCTV, only comes after she makes her prediction that it's a woman. And then all of a yeah. sudden this other CCTV footage shows up. And rather than go this, where her her, her media boss is going, Sevis proves the point, I win the bet. Maybe it's the reverse of that thing. Just because you want it to be so doesn't mean it is so. And she's mm, going, yeah. look, did it happen because they found it or has it been manufactured because I've, because I've put this theory out there. So I thought that was a really clever concept that just because you have correlation doesn't mean causation. Yeah. And they, they have this kind of conversation about it and he goes, you should have been a spy. And she says, thank you. And kisses him and then turns off the light. And she's like, sorry, sex. (laughs) And um, turns out they're both knackered. They're both really tired. And then she goes, and she goes, thank God. She goes, oh, good. Can I get Dom's number? Bearing yeah. <laughs> in mind, Dom is like the 17-year-old. 17-year-old and probably wouldn't be, wouldn't be turning anything down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but obviously she's got her head in, in her work. Um, it's, it's just a fun joke that she can needle and he goes, should I be jealous? And she goes, always be jealous. Yeah. That was yeah. Er- maybe that was earlier. That was earlier but, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but it's just that idea that um, they know who each other are. And they can have these mm. jokes, and it's just entirely that. It's a subtext all their own. Yeah. Um, so then we get back to Villanelle again, and Constantine is waking her up in bed with multiple people. Um, I lost count. <laughs> I don't know if it was two or three it, it other was, people. It was just two. Were they both blokes? I was, I was trying to figure this out. Um, I didn't see, but I'm guessing not from oh, okay. what I know of the rest of this series. Fair enough. She's, she's not fussy. Okay. Um, and uh kicks them out and he takes villanelle into the next room and says that the girlfriend of the the murdered guy is going to be interviewed as a principal witness to the murder and that is not good um sort of goes through all the things she did that was good and then this one not so much um and then she just responds with have you had a haircut yeah (laughs) and he says yes your train leaves in an hour and he, fe- he feels that she's getting cocky or she's showing off or something along that line. And the, and the explicit instruction here is to make this look like suicide. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't remember this later on, but I've just seen my note now and I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> she did not do that. No, because she's showing off, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we go back to Eve and Bill again and she tells Bill what she's done, that she interviewed the witness and there wasn't any CCTV. And Bill's like, look, I'll give you the 20 quid to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> He's he just kind of seems to be one of these that goes to work and does his job and cracks on with it and doesn't care too much as long as he gets the job done. Whereas she's really invested his work, in the work. His itself. work is his work, whereas yeah. she's the opposite. She thinks it's yeah. the most fascinating job in the world. Exactly. Um. So we we get the idea, our job is weird, but it's also boring. And he says, you could get in a lot of trouble if I was a serious man. Yes. Um, and again, we've got this um, this nice friendship between them as well. Is, the is this when they've done and, the lunch swap? Uh, yes. I love a lunch swap. That was a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, so he tells her to go to the hospital, check that the witness is cozy and safe, and then go home and don't do anything weird. Yeah. And um, next thing we know, she's taking Dom to the hospital to pose as the cousin of the the witness and um, gets told they have to take a seat and Eve pops to the loo. And this is this is where we get the bathroom scene. Um, so Villanelle comes out in her nurse uniform and watches Eve playing with her hair. And Eve says, are you all right? And Villanelle just ignores her and walks out. And then as she's about to leave, she turns around and says, wear it down. Yeah. And she just says it in this most beautiful, perfect English accent. I hadn't even noticed that. Yeah, I could shout. <laughs> it is it is completely RP. And bearing in mind, we've already heard her speaking in her um, her Russian English accent. Her Russian English accent, yeah. Um, and the fact that she's also, in reality, she's Liverpudlian. Yep. Um, so she's got a Scouse accent. So <laughs> she's she's got this incredible talent. And um, <laughs> as someone who quite clearly cannot do accents, um, I used to think I could. I, I definitely cannot. And so <laughs> much respect to Jodie Comer for this. Yeah, for me as well. I'm terrible at accents as well, apart from Southern American. <laughs> yeah, that would be the, 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 the American South, not like <laughs> Guatemalan or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so Eve is, I think, still in the bathroom at this point, and Bill calls her and says, there was no CCTV. It's annoying me, but you were right, and we've been bullshat. <laughs> Keep that girl safe. And then yeah. Eve rushes back in, and everyone is dead. <laughs> just in heaps and bearing in mind the time scale between she's only been sat on the loo for a minute yeah while bill calls her and it, just carnage when she gets back and, um, and i thought dom i thought dom had died i yeah, did i just saw the yeah. dead bodies everywhere and went dominic's dead shoot stuff just got yeah. real because she she even goes dom doesn't she and then she rushes over to the witness once she realizes because this is like nine kinds of she's gonna get in trouble for this significantly yeah. uh oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but she goes and tries to save the witness and I think she tries to speak Polish to her as well. Yeah. Um, but then she dies anyway. And, um, then Dom comes back in with his chocolate bar. Um, cause he did say earlier that he wanted a chocolate and he's obviously been off to the vending machine or something and come back and his poor little face. I think the theory is we should have brought her chocolate cause that's what you do when someone's in the hospital. You bring them chocolate. Is that not it? Oh, maybe. Yeah. That's kind of what I thought we should have brought chocolate that was my inference but yeah yeah, because that's what you do when you got a relative you bring him something oh sorry you're poorly here's chocolate which you probably can't eat but you know if i was overdosing on heroin and getting detoxed i'd probably want some chocolate yeah but in any case he saved himself by going to get this chocolate hasn't he and um looks looks a little bit shell-shocked to say the least and um and can i just say sandra oh acts the crap out of this scene she's so good in this bit yeah she's amazing yeah. and she's she's like this the whole whole way through as well um obviously it's quite a dramatic series and and show um and she's fantastic and the scene's important because she's only seen things like still photographs and she's seen it from a distance and this is her first moment actually seeing the work up close and it's a much different this isn't oh mm. this is brilliant now this is the horror the horror so yeah. really, really quite, quite interesting what happens when she sees it, pun intended, in, in the flesh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's an excellent pun. Thank you. Um, so um, then we get her talking to Bill and um, he says, if they fire you, you better take me down with you. And she says, I should have had better security. He says, you had two armed officers and you're brilliant. Yeah. So you get this nice kind of heartwarming scene almost where she's really putting herself down and realizing that she's messed up and... 
Oh, like, no. Actually, no, I've got your back. No, I didn't do anything wrong. It's just the, 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 prob- the problems are extracurricular activities. Yeah. <laughs> so then we get Frank and um, Caroline come into question Eve and, and Bill. Um, I say Frank and Caroline. Caroline's just kind of sitting there. Um, but the <laughs> Frank says, I don't want to say you only had one job, but <laughs> um, she goes, oh, piss off, Frank. Now, Frank's doing that thing where you've got like your super, your your next person above you in the room, and so you have to like be overly authoritative. I don't know if it's because he's got to show off. I don't think it's but he, he, I think he's almost putting on a show here because he's being like I don't think he's a nice guy to begin with. But I think add the fact that his superior is potentially watching him. I think um, I think that's also part of what causes this to occur. Potentially, but he's definitely also a um, well. We'll, we'll come to the word. Yes. Um, so um, he tells Eve all of the things that she's done wrong. And then um, Bill interrupts him. And um, he says, the most important thing, Eve, is that four people are dead and it's all your fault. So he's really not pulling any punches here, is he? Nope. Like, he's awful. And um, then Caroline interrupts and says, what were you talking about? Because she's mentioned Aladeca. Um, so this this idea of the flat-chested killer. And um, then Eve admits that she secretly recorded the interview as well, which until this point they didn't know. And Frank just goes, you're fired. And we get the brilliant return. You're a dick swab. <laughs> which, again, has got a Phoebe Waller-Bridge written all over it. Yeah, especially and, the uh, bit where um, her, her boss is like, now hang on there. And he goes, oh. and, and is it Bill? Is that the guy's name? Bill, yeah. Bill thinks he's like, well, about time you're getting a hold of your, your employees or whatever. Thank you, Bill. And he goes, no, I wanted to call you. Yeah. <laughs> was that Dick Swab? Is that what it was? Dick Swab, yeah. yeah. Dick Swab. <laughs> and then Bill gets fired as well. And uh, Dick Swab. <laughs> to be fair, he has to ask for clarification on that. <laughs> oh, yeah, he does. He does. <laughs> um, Dick Swab was the word used because some strong language is banned on BBC America. Um, so they wouldn't have been able to get away with perhaps what they wanted to originally write. So Phoebe Wallabridge spent a good time thinking about... Um, what is that word? Delightful insult she wanted yeah. to use instead, and I think she nailed it. Yeah, definitely the language allowed, even post the American version of the watershed, which is nowhere near. I mean, here it's a huge range between what you can get away with before and after the watershed. Yeah. Uh, in America, not so much, especially in language. Uh, maybe on a cable network, but BBC America, I don't think qualifies as that explicitly. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so then Eve is back at home and Caroline arrives at the front door and asks if there's anything she needs from the shop. And then um, we see them walking together. So we get this idea that Eve's had to say, oh, I just need to pop to the shop. Um, and then they're, they're talking and Caroline says, uh, married? And Eve says, yes, you? And Caroline goes, a few times, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's another nice little insight into her character, I think. Um, we obviously get more of, more of Caroline as the as the series goes on yeah i would hope so yeah she's very dry and it's it's brilliant um and caroline gives eve some information so she says that they think that villanelle has been operating for two years across 10 countries and she's starting to show off and this ties into what you were saying about getting bored and um then caroline asks to meet eve on thursday for breakfast and um, that she might want to make nico think that she's having an affair rather than that she's a secret agent and this is where she basically finds out you've been promoted, but we can't we can't bring you into a meeting and put it out in the newsletter. We have to kind of do yeah. it like this. And you can't on on top of that, you can't tell your husband. 
Yeah. Which is, this is how you, so this is the, so you better think of a way that will be an alibi for your new double life. And if that means making them think you're having it, which is a terrible thing to think, like you have to cause pain for this part. It's it's said in a very lighthearted way, but if if we break it down, you know, you may need to destroy or damage your relationship. In order to fulfill this thing that you now want, it shows, I think, the price that you pay for the job she so desperately wants Mm. or or the difference she so desperately wants to make. Yeah. yeah. Um, Although I would say this is very much Caroline's character as well, though. All right. Fair enough. Um, So it's a little bit of the two, I think. Um, And then we cut back to Villanelle and she's putting new sheets on her bed and we see the bag is from Liliana Rosari, which is the designer from earlier. (laughs) So this is the excellent payoff you were talking about. And um, this made me laugh. And then she lays down on the bed and she's got a postcard for Bulgaria, which, as we know, is how she finds out about her next job. And that's the end of the episode. Yeah. So, um, we've... We've kind of got, I mean, I know you talked about a little bit about plots before in um, in other episodes. I think this one is more of a an overarching plot, perhaps. But we've got the idea of Eve catching Villanelle. Yep. Um, or, you know, the, the Secret Service catching Villanelle. I mean, this is kind of your overarching plot would be Eve's uh, integration into the idea that you are going to be set up to catch Villanelle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then following Villanelle doing her job and perhaps, as you say, about the fact that she's bored and starting to show off and how that's going to be expanding into into different things. I could see that like each episode could be, you know, rather than do like the crime of the week, if you're watching CSI, it could, it's probably like the, the kill of the week. If you're doing Killing Eve, I, I would mm. I would assume maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. And then we've got sort of power struggles at work for both sides i would say so eve trying to get a more exciting job well both of them trying to get a more exciting job they're very similar people in a lot of ways aren't they um and then also a little bit of the personal lives as well and um, obviously we've had a fair bit of nico in this episode and the relationship between him and eve yeah we haven't really touched on the relationship between uh villanelle and is it constantine yeah and like she wants to stay in and watch a movie and uh I think there's some impressions where I think I've got the idea what Constantine's situation is, so to speak. Um, but, you know, she there is a certain amount of domestic normalcy that at least when they're in that space that Villanelle seems to, at least in episode one, suggest that she wants. She's able to recite back all of his excuses for why he can't, yeah. which is saying something because he's not a very attractive man. No, I think it's more the idea that she just wants that little bit of, of normalcy in her life. And what's more pedestrian? So nuts. What's more pedestrian than staying in and watching a movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe doing a podcast about it afterwards. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, do you have a favorite character? I do. And here's the problem, though, because it's Sandra O oh as Eve. I, I way prefer. Uh, I was much more interested. It, maybe it's kind of weird. I was way more interested in the scenes around Eve than I was in the scenes around Villanelle. And it might be because of my familiarity with that character it may be the idea that unlike eve i'm not as fascinated with the serial killer side as i am in the per I, i'm always more interested in the in, in in the cat rather than the mouse i'm interested mm. in, in seeing the chase and her story was like we come into the villanelle in media res like she you know she's well established in what she does we have to play catch up with her but we get to see eve's transformation from the start so this is like you know sort of our our, our baseline when we first meet meet 
uh, Eve, and then as we progress, we see that change undergo. So I think on the emotional journey, I'm being conditioned as well by the plot to want to care more about Eve from from the start. Also, the fact that it's called Killing Eve, and she's Eve, and the the very title itself suggests that I need to uh, feel concern for for Eve. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. name. So all those things were kind of, I mean, I like both characters, but it's, it's not even close. I was, I was far more invested in Eve's story than I was in Villanelle's story. Yeah. Okay. I don't disagree with any of what you're saying, but I'm completely the opposite. Yeah, I, I can really see how people like could be. I yeah, like my I'm, only experience with the show is I was watching a Gogglebox episode where, oh. where they were sort of talking about, I don't know, series three. I was three or whatever. It was an old episode of Gogglebox. Mm-hmm. But they're like, oh, she's got this. And it was clear that she it seemed like the audience on Gogglebox seemed to be really more interested in, in, in Villanelle. But I'm not sure if they showed Eve's character in the clip that they showed on, on, on the TV for them to react to. But it did seem to be like yeah. that seems to be the appeal for most people is that yeah. character. It might be. It's definitely not a Canadian bias. I'm not because I, I really didn't like Sandra O oh for the first few seasons on Grey's Anatomy, even though yeah, I knew she was Canadian. Fair enough. Um, but I don't. I, the hard part is I can't forget that I know who Sandra O oh is, and that I and I think she's a good actress and yeah. all these things, and that it's really mm-hmm. fun to see her in this new role. And I'm going, oh, what's this going to feel like? Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Also, See, I suppose when show- I started watching it, it was Jodie Comer that I was familiar with, not go. Sandra Oh at all. Yeah. Um, but I just think that Villanelle is really intriguing because she's so clever and strong and also clearly psychopathic um, and unpredictable. And it does flip that kind of idea on its head of your usual cat and mouse type thing or um, crime dramas and things where actually you're almost sort of rooting for the villain in this yep. because she's so interesting. I will say, and I'm probably going to completely contradict what I said earlier, made myself a hypocrite, about the, the pro-Canadian side, but maybe a pro-North American side, is that this show feels very British. And that's not a negative thing, but it meant that sort of Eve becomes my safe space. <laughs> I get to kind of mm. go, I can relate to this. She has to have maybe a few more things explained to her, da 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 So maybe on that level, I'm also a little bit predisposed to root for the Eve character rather than yeah. the... Um, Villanelle character. Fair enough. Um, and do you have a favourite moment? Who? Oh. Uh, hmm. Oh, there's so many. I'm not even joking here. Um, if I can go for, I'll go for two. I want to go. My favourite funny moment is Eve prote- uh, waking up and her arms are asleep. Yeah, and I'm going to choose a, a serious moment that almost mirrors that uh, Eve when she realizes uh, that the kill has happened and her emotional response to that, uh, which also is a moment for Villanelle in the sense that we went because you know we experience it in real time alongside Eve for the most part. We go like she was gone for like what 90 seconds maybe mm. and look at everything that's occurred. So we're going wow, she is good, and that's nothing like suicide. <laughs> yeah and she's completely left as well oh like she? she's so and obviously she doesn't get caught not a, so it's not, not like a she's in the bathroom or a trail or she she's gone probably like, by this point well done uh so i guess those are those are mine uh but yeah there was a i could have said a lot of things it's mm. it's it's phoebe waller bridge it's very well written yeah yeah absolutely um i think for me it's it's kind of that second moment that you mentioned as well, but linked in to the part where Dom comes back. So it's sort of the juxtaposition oh. between um, Sandra O oh kind of 
screaming and panicking and he just comes in looking completely shell-shocked like, little, little, like bit of, little face little bit of manipulation of the audience there but still something that i was like okay it's not so bad dom's alive all right yeah and he's got chocolate yeah. like it's that dark humor that really um that really mm-hmm. showcases itself well in this and i wasn't i wasn't i was expecting like the the intensity i wasn't expecting so much humor yeah 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 um so i've got some reviews for us okay um so season one has got a rotten tomatoes rating of 96 percent yeah i'm not surprised um, based on 102 rating so very very high um we've got um, well, I'll start, actually. I've got a couple of international reviews. Um, nope, sorry, that's a lie. I've got one international review, but there oh. were a few on there. Um, and picked one out from Pakistan, from the News International, Samin Armour. And um, he says, It's intriguingly strange, brilliantly cast, darkly numerous, and rivetingly suspenseful. Um, so I just thought that was interesting to pick out because um, there were a few on there from different countries' reviews. Um, and obviously being a British made drama, um, it's good to know that it travels well as well. It's not just British critics that are loving it. It's global. The BBC is where they sort of show a little bit my media teacher side of it. The BBC has a mandate that they want to be the most creative organization in the world. Mm. And so that BBC stamp when it comes on to something means something. And I think in as far as TV drama goes, BB, when it's got that BBC stamp on it, I think it still really does carry that mark of quality on, on a global perspective. Some stories are a little bit too British to maybe export well, but this is not one of them. This is one that that's that's brilliantly made for, for a world stage. And just the fact that it's MI5 is just your starting point, I think. D- granted, this is just me. On, on episode one but yeah i it felt very cosmopolitan and thought it would travel well yeah and um, we've got ben travers from IndieWire says oh. killing eve is a hell of a good time it's already more interesting than many of its genre peers and the first season illustrates a self-awareness essential for its survival the show may follow a formula but there's nothing routine about it oh i thought that was rather a well-written review it's well written as well no I find myself inclined to agree. There we go. <laughs> and then I've got Mimi Wong from Media... I think I'm supposed to say Media City Reviews. Says, Sandra Oh finally has a role worthy of her acting chops. Wow. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because you said almost exactly the same thing earlier on. You talked about acting chops. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I was like, oh, always knew, she, always knew she could act, but but the, mm. the basis of its thing, Grey's Anatomy is not meant, but Grey's Anatomy is a bit more McDonald's than it is anything. You know what I mean? It, it, it's for the masses. Yeah. It's easy to digest. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't steak. And this is clearly um, artistry taking place here. This is, this is, if you're an actor, here you go here's every chance you have to be that actress that you really should be and um god bless her for it well done yeah she's fantastic um so i think we're about ready to give it a grade okay um rating this well i mean did, did it do did it do the three things that we said it was going to do um it establishes the absolute establishes very much so eve the villanelle um a little bit of constantine and a little bit of oh what's his name who she works with is it is it frank and well bill and frank i think both which one's the one who was her friend boss bill 
Bill. Okay. Yeah. Uh, again, they're like mirrors of each other. They both have their sort of male um, coworker slash spat. Now, in, in the sense of mm-hmm. Vanel so far, one guy does both roles, whereas for Sandra O's character, yeah. for Eve, it, it, it's two different guys. And I really, I, I have to admit, it does show a little bit like next week on Killing Eve. So I was really happy to see that that Bill is is still there next week. And I was like, oh, good. I really want that to maintain. Uh, that's that, that's something I really needed to, 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 to occur. Um, and then, um, so seven is them. It's uh, the woman who plays the head of the Russian desk, whose name escapes me. Is it Caroline? Martin. Caroline. Thank you, Caroline. Uh, she's great. I mean, so uh, for, for 44 minutes to do this, establish more or less what I can expect out of Villanelle, which I think is going to be a lot individual things of the week kind of thing. Whereas I'm expecting with Eve, it's going to be a gradual story about her integration and then eventual chase before I'm sure at some point before the end of series one, the, the, the title of the show is going to have to come into play in some capacity. If I'm reading it correctly, if killing Eve is the idea of it, killing is a verb and not an adjective. So that mm. there, there's, you know, is she is she killing Eve because she's fascinated with killing, in which case it's an adjective, or is it killing Eve like Villanelle is going to be killing Eve? So there is that side of it. Or is it a metaphor? Oh, so so the death of who Eve was for the birth of who she will be. I meant biblical, but that's biblical. another good one. Killing Eve. There's so many meanings of it. There is. There is. Um, so it does that. It gives, obviously it gives you a reason to come back. I think within those plot lines, it's definitely established that. And even just some some mini plots where you kind of get the idea of I don't imagine Frank is going to be necessarily disappearing from our screens. Um, I'd be upset if he disappointed. You, you need to have someone causing crap back home. Mm-hmm. Um, You're making so many predictions, and I'm finding it really, really hard to get. No, say I, of course, anything. of course. But this is how I work things out. I got, I, I, I got to talk through them, and so <laughs> I need you to watch the rest really well, quickly the so is, we can well, talk about it. <laughs> will it. Will it get the pass? We'll see. Maybe I can raise anatomy. I'll go, eh. um, so I will say this: if it's grade time, I will do this. I, I promise you, I'll get back on topic here. But this is there's a reason for this. I watched Harley Quinn, sorry, Birds of Prey, or The Emancipation of One Harley Quinn the other day. And I mm-hmm. sat there, and I really, because I had a Now TV seven-day pass, so I could watch Justice League. And so I thought I'd watch this, and I really was looking forward to it. And I watched it and did not care for it, did not care for it at all. And it's got, and I really wanted to like it. And the hard part is, when you have something like that, if you don't like it, you feel like you have to prove to people. Now, I'm not a misogynist, but I didn't like it. I know yeah. it's starring almost a predominant, like almost exclusively female cast. I know it's got a female writer, a female director. Despite that, I still don't like it. And it's not because of that, but it's just the idea of it having those things in place doesn't make it a good film. It's just the idea of we should have more representation. There's your starting point. Mm-hmm. Now make sure the story's good. Like, yeah. it's fantastic. All these people releases are in play, but you still have to make a good movie. Now, that in place, I'm so glad I saw this, like, literally the next day, where I went, this is everything I'm talking about, because it's, it's, it's <laughs> written and directed by Phoebe Waller-Bridge. It's starring a predominantly, it's female characters in arguably the three most important roles in this, yeah. in this episode, argu- definitely the two most important, and arguably the third, and it was well-written, yeah. and it was well-directed, and it was funny, and it was all, and at no point does it, 
it's not just yay girl power because we keep saying so and throwing things against the wall. It legitimately wasn't tokenism, forced laziness. It was an excellent piece of writing and it proves the point that we need more women doing these sorts of things and bringing forth products like this. And so I'm giving it an A. I'm not going to go A star, A plus. I'm not that. I mean, it would have to be. It would have, okay. to, be, it would have to be insane. It's, it's it's a very strong A. Like I'm. De- I, well, yes, I will be watching more of this. I will be. I will be getting getting through this because I am intrigued. Also, I'm guessing it's is it British style? Is it is it six episodes in a series? Is it twelve episodes in a series? I think it's six or eight. Okay, I think it's eight. That's nicely manageable. Um, yeah. so definitely keeps. I haven't been this. I haven't been this excited about a new series since Maisel. Which again, another mm-hmm. another very heavily female yeah. influenced show. Tonally, extremely unfleabag as well. <laughs> Tonally, extremely different. But again, just this fantastic quality of work. And so uh, I am very eager and will be uh, powering through, I imagine, series one, as you would say in this country, or season one, as we would say back home. Uh, I imagine over the next week or so, I'll probably I'll probably power through that because it was I really enjoyed it that much. Excellent. Yeah. Well, I'm very pleased about this, and I look forward to hearing what you think after a few more episodes. Now, if <laughs> seeing I may- what predictions you made were right and not. If I may, we played the game of who would you have cast Phoebe Waller-Bridge as, and I think oh, yeah. she's more Eve than v- Villanelle. But she I could. Is, yeah. I, I, there are moments where she was Villanelle where I was like, "All right, I could see this," but I think she's, and maybe it's because I'm more used to seeing her as a character who. Cr- I mean, when she's Fleabag, it, she evokes sympathy, she evokes humor. She, so that more humans, as opposed to the enigma, because that's who Villanelle is right now. She's she's an absolute an enigma, an idea, a mystery, a concept. I'm more used to seeing the humanity, and she, I think she could, and it's, I think it might be the harder job to pull off. So, um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I, I, I would cast her as, as Eve. I think you would get some really good um, quirky looks from Phoebe Waller-Bridge, though, as Villanelle. Um, oh, for sure. When like, you know, after she's killed someone, and so, you know, if if like a if a kill's been a bit gruesome, or if he's if he said something really weird just as he's died or something, I think she would pull a really good kind of like the bit where she nose kind of like a couple of things like the bit where she gets the pen out and writes the name of the designer on her hand that felt very yeah. Phoebe Waller Bridge. Yeah. Yeah, the bit where she pretends to be to be dead on the sofa with the pills yes. that felt Phoebe Waller Bridge <laughs> on a bad day and the it ice does. cream as well. So, you know, there, there were there were moments where I'm I'm, I'm almost She wouldn't need the minimizer. N- no, no, that's fair too. Um the, the, there are moments though where I was uh sitting here going, "Oh, um I'm very curious about season 2 because in the sense that I I don't know what that does to the tone. I mean, I I, I so much of what I like, not so much of what I liked. Because that suggests if you take it away, it wouldn't be any good. And I don't think that's the case. Um, whose idea was the story? Is she is she the showrunner of season one? Who comes up with the overarching kind of theory behind it's, it? It's based on the novels. It's based. All oh right, it's based on. The, so there is source material that, 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 that they're working on. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So it was. It's based on the novel series Villanelle by Luke Jennings. I just have one very broad question. Because okay. so much of a, of a lot of what I liked, a lot of what I went, hey, felt very Phoebe Waller-Bridge. And the benefit 
for her. She gets to break new ground. Anybody who follows, the benefit for them is you kind of have an idea what you like about these characters. Mm. Do the characters undergo tonal shifts? You don't have to say what they are, but do they undergo tonal shifts with these new directors, or does it, do they still feel like continuations for the most part of the characters they were in the uh, under the previous writer? I think they feel like continuations. Okay, that's fine. Um, I think I think the first series is my favorite of the three that we've had so far, but I do still really like the second and third. Um, they it stays good. And they didn't bring Phoebe Waterbridge back for the fourth, huh? Oh, to write it, you mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, don't I don't think so. I think we've got a writer okay. planned. I haven't written written down, but well, she's busy with James Bond and stuff like that. James Bond and Phoebe Waller Bridge. I couldn't be more excited about that. Whenever the yeah. cinema's opening again in seven years, I'm Literally really looking forward to it. Anything that she puts her name to now, I'm like, I, I am there. I will see it. If all. it sounded like the most ridiculous premise in the world, I will see it. If it had Phoebe Waller Bridge's name on it, I'd be like, okay, I'll try it. Yeah, if it's not just produced by, but if she's actually got like a writing or a directing or an acting credit, I'm in. Mm. So a very enthusiastic A for me. I'm, I, I will be checking this out literally before this airs. I will have seen more. Excellent. So there we go. I would, if it, for what it's worth, I would give this episode an A, a star. Okay. So a star over here. A plus back home. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's the highest we've had of anything so far. Good. With, with, without question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's not me holding back. So I, I thought it was really, really, really strong. I, I will admit it took me about half the episode to get there. Because there's a lot of okay. world building, I think, in that first half, with the exception of her falling asleep on her arms, which I'm like, yeah. I, I guess what I got was I got E from the start. It took me, this is it, it took me the whole episode to get Villanelle. Mm. I was with E for minute one. So, because I think we are playing catch up, though. I think that's the nature of the episode. And maybe there's, and that was fun to play off each other. There's one I feel grounded. There's one. So, yeah, really, really enthusiastic. So, uh, for, for me, I'm saying that a mass is out there. If you have not seen this, Go on to if you're if you're in Britain, go on to the iPlayer. If you're in uh, North America, check out BBC America, or I think it's available on Hulu and stuff like that as well. Yeah, All brilliant. Right. So, are we saying Ian then that this has been cleared for takeoff? This is a hundred percent cleared for takeoff. Get that runway hey. empty. This thing has priority. Let's get this thing in the air. Wonderful. I'm very excited that you liked it, Excellent. and I can't wait to hear what you think of the rest of it. I appreciate you're not being smug. You're not. You're just genuinely happy. You're like, my, I knew you'd be. <laughs> you should kept saying, I think you really like this. I'm like, I, I, I'm, I really hope I do. <laughs> so, but no, you're 100% right on this. I do I really like this. I just think it's really quality. I think, and unless you have a real aversion to that kind of genre or, you know, darker material, gorier stuff or just crime in, in general, then I think you'd gonna like this well, we've yet to see. Oh, yes. I guess the one bit I was saying, there really wasn't much gore. I guess the, the, inference of the ice pick in the head sort of thing mm-hmm. the, the hairpin it's guess, enough to make you really cringe that might be it yeah because everything the else the hospital scene is a little bit well, she, she walks it oh it's a bit where she has her hand on the neck yeah mm-hmm. there is that yeah fair enough fair enough yeah. but i think the humor kind of if you can stick by it the, the humor it's like the best parts of dexter when dexter was good and i don't think you've seen dexter seen uh, like, oh we could do that um, yeah, i've seen Mm, two episodes oh, I, there we I know there are certain people who couldn't see it like, there's no way georgia could do dexter i don't think that i mean <laughs> i don't i don't think so so yeah we'll, we'll definitely see about that uh but yeah so i guess we've all done one now so every, everything becomes back open again for us to go ahead and begin our next round of cleared for takeoff so uh so far you're, you're doing all right with this one i think uh i think your recommendations have been have been decent the question is what ha- you said before what haven't i seen i seem to have seen a lot of things yep yeah well you know 
Well, being, you just have to watch some new stuff and so not watch any new stuff and wait for everyone else to watch it first. There is then, that, there <laughs> is that danger. Like, there's a whole bunch of films. I'm like, oh, I might want to review that for the podcast. But eventually, I'm just going to have to go ahead and go. No, at some point, you got to see new films. You just have to. So, yeah. Yeah. So that just yeah. We'll see what happens. Indeed. So just before we go, we're going to remind you of what's coming up this week on the pod. So we have got, uh, dropping on Monday, we will have our fifth episode of Fal- Falcon and the Weekly Soldier. The penultimate episode, you might mm, say. Indeed. Um, and then on the Tuesday, we have got a currently unknown episode of Best Film Ever. At time of recording, it. unknown. Yep. <laughs> so Ian knows what it is and I don't. I do. Suspense, but yep. this is this is the way things normally go. So <laughs> I'm used to it now. <laughs> and then next Friday, we are going to have for you a roundtable on the best Oscar winning best picture winning films at the oscars yeah and that's just in time for obviously sunday night slash monday morning in, in, in british time uh is the oscars itself so it feels timely to get it out mm. friday just in time for oscar weekend you'd almost said there was some scheduling that occurred there <laughs> certainly been an interesting one this year haven't had quite so much content released yeah 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 but the good news is, is it's almost all available on streaming services so there's never so i feel like a complete hypocrite because i've always gone well i never really have a chance to see them all because they don't come in around <laughs> they don't come around to, to our cinemas around here and it's all like right there in front of me and i've I, I haven't seen nearly as many as i would like to absolutely well i'm certainly going to be trying to watch a few more before we do our roundtable recording um and at the moment it's just over a week's time yes um so looking forward to that so please join us next time on best film ever i've been ellie and i've been ian and just remember be wary of any colleagues bringing a flask to work so um Anyone who hasn't seen Killing Eve before either, you'll obviously get to. Um, Sorry, I'm going to need to reset that. I need to mute my. Okay. I, need to mute, I, I thought I muted Facebook, which is the single greatest thing that I have uh, discovered is the ability to mute individual sites just until I unmute them in perpetuity. Oh, did you not know that before? I did not know that was a thing. Oh. So, so that's been my big. It's useful. Thing. That's been my big thing for 2021. Is I don't have to shut down Facebook. I just have to mute it, which is fantastic mm. and works for Messenger. I do this oh, often. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. Oh, here we go. You so, can mute individual conversations, and you can mute the actual. I knew about individual conversations. Well. I didn't know I could mute the tab. I thought it was yeah. just mute until I reboot it, but it's muted. Like my computer remembers until I tell it to unmute. It's, it's the greatest thing. Thank <laughs> you.